Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey Postables, you're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cammy. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use the music on our show. Now, grab some Yoohoo or a kombucha, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello Postables and welcome back to Deliver Me a Podcast. We have a very special episode planned for today, but before we get there, I'm Jess and I'm your host for today and with me I have the lovely Cammie. Hello everybody. And we have a very special guest, the man behind the music and science sale delivered, Mr. James Dandrish. Hi James, thanks so much for coming on. Hi guys, how's it going? It's great. We are so excited to be able to talk about the music because there are several things I've been wondering about. So, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but before we jump into Science Sealed, um, let's just get started with tell us a little bit about how you got interested in music. Did that happen, you know, when you were a child, or did that develop more when you were an adult? Wow. Okay. Well, so I'll try to do the abridged version of the story. Um, <laughs> goes back away. So my dad is an unbelievable musician, uh, amazing jazz pianist, amongst other things, amazing composers. And uh, one of the things he did uh, was he was one of the musical directors at CBC, which is I guess, our version of the BBC in, in, uh, in Canada. And um, so one of the things he did was he, he did the music for Sesame Street. I mean, oh, like, oh my word that's really so cool. yeah i mean how cool is that right amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just street man check it out so anyways uh anyways uh, so i just basically followed him around where he, where he went i thought it was the coolest thing ever there's actually even a time when uh he started uh also producing as a film producer too as well so naturally he got uh, myself and my sister to do a couple of cameos on there so if you ever go way 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 back in the archives you might uh check a little little change out there but um <laughs> you know, yeah it's uh, frightening so i grew up my brothers you know being my, my father being musician my brothers and my sister's sister uh, they were all kind of given lessons and it didn't work out at all so but i'm the youngest so by the time it got to me it's like yeah no game like uh he's he's not gonna be in it just like his uh his sibling i was totally into it well how i passed my time is just sitting at piano just kind of noodling so i have no idea what i was doing which is actually still true now but <laughs> <laughs> i beg to differ <laughs> and then i stole my brother's guitar i blew that up so i got a guitar after that then i got into bass and then i got into uh keyboards and uh, I was kind of doing that. And then I um, played in a few bands, more on that later. Uh, <laughs> true. And uh, at the same time, I was really, really interested in sports, um, in particular uh, football. And the funny thing- Ooh, Watch is, out with those hands. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. 
Okay, terrific. So anyways, um, oddly enough, my strings teacher, her husband was a scout. And so I was sitting there with my pads one day at the school and, just, and I said, yeah, um, I'm trying to go to uh, practice and my, my dad's a little late. And uh, so, well, I can give you a ride. So, and sure enough, we got to talking and he knew exactly where the practice field was. And so uh, after a period of time, uh, I actually got involved. He was the scout for the uh, local professional club uh, called the Blue Bombers back in the time. And uh, so I got an invite to the training camp and it went really, yeah, it went really well, uh, a little too well. Uh, I played an exhibition game and I promptly got taken out with pretty bad head injury with a concussion. <laughs> and so as a result, um, couldn't really do much. So I went back to music and um, that's when I realized that, you know, this is, this is going to be the thing, you know, uh, much to my dad's chagrin because he really wanted to be a, be a ball player. And, yeah. Um, and uh, so, so that was, that was great. That was cool. And then uh, I, I uh, joined a couple more bands um, and uh, had some success there. And I'm not going to tell you which you'll just have to search that because that'll be highly embarrassing. <laughs> and, and so, so after that, um, I was in, I remember the moment I was in um, a hotel room in the middle of nowhere. Not that I don't like the middle of nowhere. Actually, I love the middle of nowhere, but it was one of those, uh, let's just call it a seedier bar, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. we, would, we would actually stay on top of the bar. And uh, I kind of said to myself, you know, I think it's time to start studying music, really. really. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's that kind of basically got me to um, go to school, went to universities, and um, did my thing. And then my one of my profs, a uh, fellow named Jim McGraw, who was a monster, monster composer, um, was in his class, and I was working with him. We really, really got along well. And then. Um, he said, well, listen, I kind of write jingles on the side and, you know, maybe you want to do that with me. And I kind of said, okay, sounds great. And um, so we did like a Pampers commercial and Coors Light thing. And um, next day I showed up and the jingle house that we worked at was completely locked up. It was, it was closed for good. Like they, they basically went bankrupt. Okay. So switch direction so at that point i was living in toronto and uh moved to vancouver and uh through a lot of trial and, and tribulation ended up um kind of doing the same uh, the same jingle thing but oddly enough it was for uh the chinese market out here the asian market and that was because i had a friend of a friend who was uh, a fellow from Taiwan, and he would shoot the uh, China, the Asian versions of these uh, of commercials. So, like you know, you you have a basically an Asian version, both both in Mandarin and both in Cantonese. And the thing is, I had no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> I just said, "Yeah, you want an emotional here, and you want a leg back here. Okay, I got it. No problem." So that's what I did, and then that worked for a while, and then my big break came 
2000, year 2000, where I did a movie called On the Nose, which was a feature. And um, boy, uh, there's an interesting one. So the, the premise of this film is this 200 year old Aboriginal, Australian Aboriginal severed head in a jar of formaldehyde in the Dublin School of Medicine that picks the winners of horse races, horse races, hence on the nose. So, oh, uh, my goodness. oh, oh, my God, it starred uh, Dan Aykroyd and Robbie Coltrane and Brenda Blethyn. And I'm not sure. I don't think it got a North American release, but it was a it was an Irish Canadian co-production. And that and that was your that was your big start in the industry. That was my kick. That was my kick. Uh -huh. Yeah. And um, long story there. But uh, uh, like, uh, so yeah, crazy, crazy director, uh, a guy by the name of uh, David Caffrey, hardcore Irish guy, and he just a young guy, you know. He was, you know, and he said, "What is your name, then?" I said, uh, "James Jandrish." Jandrish, can't call you that. We'll call you Jandy Pants. So from then on, <laughs> you know me, Jandy Pants. I'm Jandy. Oh my goodness. Yes, but anyways. Um, that kind of then at the same um, time in the same mix facility where we were mixing this uh, movie where they put the the, the music and the, and the dialogue and the, and the sound effects together that same facility there was uh, another TV series uh, called Cold Squad which yes I will say it was the original CSI and everything else that was there so anyways um, that got me into TV. So, and since then, I, I don't sleep. It's awesome. <laughs> you don't need sleep. No, sleep is overrated. Who needs sleep? <laughs> uh, yeah, with the exception of now, man, it's it's this whole pandemic thing is has got me sleeping. It's awesome. It's the first time. I, actually, you know, the wonderful thing is, uh, it's the first time I've had off in literally 10, 15 years. It's been amazing. Wow. Oh. Well, that sounds like a much deserved vacation. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that's, so that's, so that's, uh, you know, how I got into music. Um, but yeah, I mean, every project I do, um, you know, I, I, my big key is just, I, I got to have fun with it. And that spawns just even more, you know, enjoyment of the whole process and it, it, it drives me and certainly a sign seal delivered it, it, it is a challenge every time and, and trying to make martha smile <laughs> do you uh do you generally stick with uh tv or uh do you generally stick with movies well um that's that's kind of more changing as we got i did a lot a lot of television mm -hmm. uh and um now it's kind of uh switching to more um more more screen big screen which wow. is yeah because you know the great thing is you hire budgets and you, you just have more time and yeah better, better craft service and things like that <laughs> that's the important <laughs> part <laughs> um yeah no but uh like uh the, the time factor especially for tv is is is, is, is crazy oh yeah mm. i mean mm -hmm. i mean actors you know, like it, it is really hard on an actor to, to, you know, get up at 4 a.m. And, and, and work all day till, you know, midnight for 
wee hours in the morning. It's the same thing for a composer. Generally, I have to write an album's worth of music from concept to actual delivering in about a week. You know? Oh my word. Whoa. Oh man. Yeah, That's so a short time frame. <laughs> this is a short time frame. And so it's all um, essentially a streamlined process. Everything I do, uh, you know, people have that work for me are wonderful and, and we all get it going on very, very quickly. And it's, and especially with, with shows that I've done before, that's probably why the folks have uh, heard little snippets throughout the series that I think, oh, wait a second, I recognize that theme from. <laughs> you know, I'd love to say that it's, it's just me being incredibly brilliant, but in fact, it's just me saving time. So, you know. Yeah. But no, no, no. But in actual fact, <laughs> thematics and motifs, I mean, that's what makes film memorable, right? That's yeah, what... absolutely. I mean, definitely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it sounds like with your schedule, it sounds like you stick pretty much to TV and film. Do you do any other different kind of projects? Do you compose other than for TV and film or do you pretty much stick with the industry now? Because it sounds like you would not have any free time otherwise. (laughs) Well, I, I just uh, I just produced. Well, I didn't produce. No, let me let me rephrase that. Uh, one of the things I do is I produce uh, pop music for fun. Oh, uh, that's oh. where that's where my um, my background's from doing the band thing. Uh huh. And, and uh, that also keeps you current. You know, part of the composer thing now is you're kind of usually playing most everything yourself. So production yeah. production techniques are are huge, right? Yeah. So, um, so that keeps you current. And uh, the coolest thing I did last was uh, my uh, oldest son has a, a really cool brand, band and uh, he, uh, they made uh, an album actually uh, recorded in uh, Brian Adams' studio down in Vancouver at the warehouse. And in Brian Adams' studio? Uh, it's this place called literally The Warehouse. So what Brian did was he took, uh, he took this warehouse in, in uh, uh, Gastown in Vancouver, uh, kind of Gastown. You've seen it virtually in every single American series that wants to look like downtown Chicago. Is, is <laughs> and uh, so they got in there, and there's just three of them. And they had, uh, you know, one of the engineer from uh, ACDC. It's just hard rock stuff. And so uh, they recorded the stuff, and you know, it's fairly expensive there too. So I got uh, yeah, I got <laughs> coal. Um. Uh, to to record the other tracks at uh, my studios here, and uh, it was an awesome experience. One because he, you know, the, 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 the unfortunate part is that he just picked up a guitar like four or five years ago, and that guy's going to be a better guitar player than I ever will be in my life, and it makes me very sad. So, <laughs> you guys can jam together, right? Yeah, <laughs> but anyways, that's that's awesome, and uh, so things like that are really great. Uh, and with every, um, you know, every every show I do, it's always a little bit of a challenge. It kind of steps out of the box. And yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun in that regard. Everything I Do is one of my favorite songs ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the cool thing about that place is when I say that it's expensive in in relation to the, you know, it's a world-class facility. There's countless of albums hit Yeah. Up. I can imagine. Recorded there. But, you know, his mantra is, you know, I want the common person 
to record here. So I'll make it affordable in that regard, you know? So like, this is stellar, stellar, stellar facility. And, you know, I think it's just generally the musician mentality, which is, you know, you know, um, be who you can be and, and uh, don't worry about the noise, you know, which, which I, which I dig. So. Sounds like good words to live by. Yeah. <laughs> and dang it, the border's closed. I, I want to get up there and record something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. So do you generally then work solo or is there usually like a group of composers that you work with for your projects or how does that work? Um, well, uh, usually I do everything myself if, if we have the budget. Um, uh, I'll get a group, um, uh, and it, it's dependent on time, so budget and time. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, in you know, in the cases of movies, I'll get an orchestra, an actual real thing. And and that whole thing is is really wild now because it's, it's all done virtually even before the pandemic. Uh, you know, the last thing I did was done in uh, Budapest, and uh, you wow. know, one a.m. and all these folks playing my stuff wild <laughs> Hungarian even though I am Hungarian slash Austrian uh, I don't speak a word oh <laughs> and it's it's a wild 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 thing uh, indeed uh, but uh, for example um, you know so so I play everything pretty much with the exception of I'm not so hot at wind instruments um, and that's you know and if I'm not, I'm going to try it anyways, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, but uh, on occasion, you know, there's uh, there's some times where um, got to get some awesome players in, like uh, for the Christmas special on Science Hill Delivered. Oh, man. Um, that was some good music. Yeah. So I <laughs> brought in uh, a group. Oh, man. It's terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick myself. But anyways, uh, fellow got, came in and he's just an amazing trumpet player and he kind of have a group of guys. And I said, yeah, you know, let's. I love love to do like if you know Charlie Brown had a really hip kind of Christmas show. I'd love to do that kind of thing. And so we got together and we did it and and it was it was fabulous. And uh, it was a great thing too because the studio fell through and and then we kind of went to this other site which I've never worked before was actually run by students and these guys were just fantastic like such amazing, amazing attitudes but uh, yeah the music for that specific uh, show I was very 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 proud of um, so yeah so and and it comes also down to time where um, you know if you have six seven days to turn around a, an episode of 40 minutes of music you know instead of calling mm -hmm. some over so it's like well i can call someone to come over or i can play it myself you know and right <laughs> and now technology nowadays um you know one of the things i try to play everything uh, naturally and organically uh real instruments um and uh but uh, technology certainly certainly helps you absolutely um, so this question is more for uh, us music newbies like myself. Like, what does your process look like for maybe coming up with a melody or just some instrumental stuff that goes through through an episode? What does your process look like for that? It's pretty wild. Like, um, generally, generally, uh, as far as doing a let's let's just take a, a series. Um, you know, 
the first thing I guess what's lost is in film composing is that the number one thing is the story the number one thing by far and you're essentially your job is to identify emotion and then amplify that emotion push and pull yep. as you see so as long as you remain true to the story um and of course the vision of the showrunners um showrunner or producer or director um you're going to be okay so that being said uh the first thing that i do is i try to get in the head of the person who hires me um you know and it, you have to understand this is it's a pretty unbelievably terrifying prospect you know say for example you produced a movie and you know, i spent i spent 20 million dollars on this movie and okay i'm going to give it to you now don't screw up you know <laughs> bit of pressure just a little yeah, bit so you know especially they haven't worked with me you know and, and so you know 90 percent of my job mm-hmm. is gaining that trust and then man you know when you're when you're able to uh to uh to gain that trust and flex it's it's an extraordinary experience so getting back to that uh i i really need to get into the 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 head of the person whose project it is who's in charge of the project and really try to understand what they're wanting for uh, and then i usually come up um if i take we we um have what's called a spotting session which basically we look at a an edited a final locked usually locked version which means there's no more edits in a project let's let's call it a film for now and um we decide when and where and what kind of music uh is going to go into the film and that then dictates okay well we're going to get a film uh, we're going to get a getting back to ssd we're going to get a specific oliver oliver heroic theme or an oliver, oliver melancholy theme you know or or a norman and rita theme and uh we'd like to try to put it there and you know for example martha may say you know just like take us to the edge but don't let us go over yet because at the end of the film we're going to have to really kick it and say okay got it you know so these are the the kind of things that you go so you basically what i'd like to do is i like to choose sort of iconic scenes in in this uh we we number all the cues and they're at they're all time coded out and uh, so i i try to pick the hard ones first and from that i have the um the other, uh, I guess, child cues or motifs or, or thematic ideas that kind of spawn off of that. And um, in general, uh, it's just kind of weaving in, in and out from from those. And the other huge thing, which I, uh, you know, you have to you have to choose relative keys, man, because like I was like, I loved everything in A flat minor. That was like the saddest of all keys. You know, the problem was is that then all of a sudden, you know, I do something and try to tone away and it's like, or just something that basically would clash with that key and, and right. the two themes together. It's like, wait a second, that's terrible. Can't use A flat minor when he's proposing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so um, you know, so that's kind of how that uh, goes. And then as far as the actual process of writing, um, you know, I, I feel that um, I'm a little bit more of a conduit. Like, um, 
do you hear do you hear something in your head or do you hear yeah. something that inspires you and then you start to yeah i guess the inspiration is first and let me clarify that i i, I don't really know where it comes from other than the fact that the more I do it, the quicker it happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And then I can know, I'll tell you right away if this particular thing happens, if it's going to work or not. And I usually, if it doesn't succeed, um, I'll end up going a thousand different ways and I end up coming back to the same theme. But in general, uh, I could start with a rhythm, you know, like it could be something, you know, for example, I had this woodpecker who decided that uh, our uh, our chimney was a great resonating device uh, it's going you know so I was like okay dig that <laughs> actually that rhythm uh, actually in the theme song um, from Science Seal Delivered that's how that came about which was oh okay wow so when you're running for film you write music and all of a sudden it's really not your thing anymore. It becomes part of this other thing. And it just literally, it, it, it goes through you and onto this other thing. <laughs> and, and it kind of starts to write itself. Once you, I mean, that that's, if you're lucky, that's, that's what happens. And uh, it's a, it's a really cool thing when it does, because you know, right away that, you know, you get excited. It's like, what's going to happen today? I don't know. Well, it's going to come through me and it's going to go over there, you know? So, um, so that's, you know, if, if, if you're lucky, it happens uh, sooner than not. And, uh, you know, for example, an SSD that that's happened so many times that it's largely because, how excellent of the, you know, the performances are out of this world and Martha's writing and everybody's writing is. Right. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're very in favor of Science Seal Delivered and yeah. with, <laughs> with very good reason, because that's why you're here. <laughs> but, but, uh, but besides Science Sealed, uh, is there a project that you have that's your favorite because we all know SSD is your favorite. But yeah, well, other, other than SSD, is there a project that you've worked on that's your favorite? You know, there, I, I've, been, I've been really, really fortunate um, in my career that uh, I essentially hasn't, haven't been kind of pigeonholed into or sort of typed into a style or sound. And that's one of the things I kind of like to try to pride myself on is, you know, I love to do uh, wonderful family entertainment, and the same time, I like to love to do dark stuff, and and and, and the whole the whole gamut. It's all part of the part and parcel of the wonderful, uh, you know, uh, wonderful job that I have. Um, that that being said, uh, there's it feels as though literally every project the last one I did is like, oh that's my favorite project oh that's my favorite project <laughs> yeah like. Um, you know, I did a, a series called um, Sweet Magnolias recently. Yes, yes. And uh, we're very familiar with that. Yeah, so that that was that was a blast. I did that with uh, a fellow named of uh, Sean Watkins, who uh, was in this amazing group called Nickel Creek. That was that was just a lot of fun. And again, we had no idea it was going to be such a hit. It just kind of happened, and um, it it it. Uh, a lot of you'll you'll I guess a lot of the heart and a lot of the the love that I found in Science Hill Delivered is in that series. Um, 
that, that you know, I, my stomping grounds was SSD there. And um, the, the, I've got a feature, uh, theatrical, hopefully theatrical, uh, called Two Hearts coming out. Um, it was originally scheduled for the beginning of September. I think it got pushed back a little bit now. Uh, mm. And it stars um, Jakey Bilordi, Ryder Mitchell, and Canto, um, amongst others. But the cool thing about that one is that, you know, it was a decent budget. And we had this beautiful, beautiful orchestra. And, you know, whenever you get in that situation, um, like listening to 60 some odd players play your stuff, it's kind of like sitting in the space shuttle looking down on planet earth right it's it's just you know it's so humbling man it's like um you feel so honored to th that you you have this opportunity the other thing too is that it's their interpretation of the emotion you know um, right especially you know people play in professional orchestras they're they're amazing musicians and uh, they all have this intent that you forget sometimes, you know, and certainly if, uh, you know, it's so that, that was really cool. And in the same respect, um, worked with, um, Michael Mann, who was one of my, um, he was one of my idols. And, uh, that was in a surreal experience. It was a series on HBO called luck and, okay. uh, and, uh, like crazy amounts of stars in that one, like crazy amounts of stars. And David Milch was one of the writers. And uh, so that was humbling, put it that way, because I was like the sixth or seventh composer on that show. And Michael kind of goes through a lot of shows, a lot of composers quickly. But uh, fortunately, that never got a second season. But uh, that was that was a lot of fun. And then probably uh, getting back to my, my first TV gig, which was this thing called Cold Squad. Uh, right cool thing about that was getting back was uh i would write one or two pop songs per show and i would do everything I would sing on it and, and uh, play on instruments and then the score would become those pop songs less a few parts and kind of you know thematic motifs throughout the show but like the producer the showrunner pete mitchell who's another one of my idols uh he said yeah man just do what you like do what you want to have fun with. <laughs> So I went outside the box, like, you know, Oh boy! And, uh, <laughs> so that was, that was super fun. Uh, again, it was, it was my first attempt at, at TV. So I didn't know any better, you know, and mm -hmm. that's maybe probably why, um, you know, I got some success out of it because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Um, but uh, there's always something that, uh, and then my, my latest uh, thing for Netflix again is um, a series called uh, Tiny Pretty Things, and it's the exact polar opposite of Science Will Deliver. So, <laughs> don't, yeah, it, polar opposite. So, but it, <laughs> uh, incredibly, I, I worked on it with um, showrunner and fellow named Michael McLennan, who is uh, just a, a wonderful man, brilliant, brilliant man. And I worked on this. Um, uh, actually, this is the third, third series, fourth series did with them. Um, um, and uh, the wonderful thing about that is the series is essentially Black Swan meets Our Pretty Little Liars. Um, and it's it's a young adult show. And uh, definitely do not let your kids watch it, whatever you do. Yeah. 
Check. <laughs> but uh, musically, it was certainly the most challenging thing I've ever done. One, uh, because the, the, it is so well acted. The cinematography is, is stunning and um, storylines. Um, and so the angle I took was um, if you could imagine a string quartet with 80 synthesizers. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> wow. Which yeah, is, you know, so I, I had gotten all these wild things in and uh, it was really challenging. And, and that was the last thing I did. Actually, I was doing it still during lockdown. Um, they finished shooting and, and uh, I finished that in like the end of May or so. So, yeah. but uh, it's, I, I, that's, something that's cool coming up so yeah um but every project that i just finished is my favorite one got it awesome <laughs> well let's segue into some specific sign seal delivered questions we have um first just tell us how you got involved in sign seal delivered oh well um interesting thing is is that there's a local production company in vancouver uh and i've done a fair amount of work with them before and uh one of the post supervisors, um, post supervisors, a person usually in charge of um, all the things that are done after shooting. And a lot of the cases they're producers too, uh, or line producers. And uh, they said, you know, we have this pilot, uh, it's, it's tested really well. And by tested, uh, they basically put in front of test audience and the audience mm -hmm. is they like or, or not. And, and uh, it's done really well and we think it's really cool and uh, we'd like to show you the pilot. And uh, I said, okay. And I watched the pilot and I said, man, this is cool. And uh, so uh, I, I met Martha and uh, delightful woman. And um, I, I got her immediately and we, we seemed to get each other. That's good. And there was that thing again, you know, I trust you, here's my project don't right <laughs> and uh, and the change was uh the the music was uh was good in the pilot it, they just were looking for something uh different a little more eclectic and you know, eclectic is me right so um uh so i didn't do the pilot um but i did starting the series and the, the very first thing i had to do was uh uh, the Valerie Harper stuff, an episode. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, you know. And so um, so that was super exciting. And uh, it worked out. It worked out well. Um, you know, everything was, you know, we, we had a, a decent amount of time when I say that. I think we had 10 to 12 days in between the first and second show. So I had time to kind of crunch things off and figure it out. And... Uh, Again, my end point was the brain of Martha. Her, you know, she's just a, she, she will pull your heart till it doesn't stop, you know. And, uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. True. And, and it's just her vision. I find the subtlest detail she thinks about, she knows. Um, and uh, I really dig that. Uh, so, you know, uh, and whenever I try to do 
something outside the box, she would say, yeah, bring it on, you know, <laughs> and not many folks will do that. You know, not many mm -hmm. folks will take a chance and, sure. uh, and, uh, she did. And, uh, then you have, uh, the stuff you hear, I guess. So that's, that's how that all started. And, uh, as we all know that the, the TV series turned into movies and the movies will never, ever stop. They will never go. They will never stop. Right. They'll go on forever. <laughs> That's what they. That's what us postables want to hear. <laughs> we want more. We want more. <laughs> um, so we have a fan question from Janice. Janice. Yes, Janice wants to know what do you love about SSD. Thank you, Janice, for that question. <laughs> um, what I love about SSD, I guess, is what I was. It's kind of like, it's family, essentially. Um, and with family, you feel completely relaxed and comfortable. And no matter what you do, you're going to, you know, you're going to be received fairly. You know, a lot of the time, mm -hmm. a lot of the times uh, when I do a project, um, you're given revisions. Um, um Mostly, you know, revisions are, are done like, uh, just because times are tight, usually revisions um, are, are usually quick and sometimes they can be very long, you know, things weren't, or if, if the relationship and the trust is quite not there. But in Science Field, uh, I find it is one of the most uh, integral, uh, you know, they just get it, right? You know, like, Directing, production design, cinematography, the rhythm's always always there. And so I'm just the icing man, you know, like whatever <laughs> whatever whatever I and also the wackier thing that I come up with, they seem to they seem to love. Like, what was it? Uh oh yeah. There's some there, you know, like for, for Zach's stuff, the the accordion, like oh. Zach has got <laughs> This wonderful tango-ish uh, thing going on, and and or what you come up with for Rita's dancing? Yeah. Norman's oh the pepper thing with Norman. I did this mariachi, this crazy mariachi thing. Yeah. Yes. I love that. It was brilliant. Again, this is like. I can't normally do that without getting fired, man. I'm like, geez. <laughs> so, you know, um, and that's, that's extraordinary. Um, so it's just, it's, it's welcoming, you know, it's, uh, yeah. and, you know, and I, I haven't, uh, I've only hung out with uh, the cast on a, a couple of occasions. Oh, but man, they're delightful. Yeah. Just, you know, wonderful, wonderful folks. So, and I, I always show up during craft service, like during lunchtime. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'd be right there with you. Except for Zach, like uh, Zach, I kind of knew from projects before. And, and that guy is, he's astounding man. You know, He like, is something. Yeah, oh, yes. He's like, he can do everything too. That guy, like. It's true. He can do everything. <laughs> we're going to be, we're going to be talking to him in a little while. Wow. Well, tell yeah, in a couple weeks. In a few weeks, yeah. Five bucks. Tell him. I'm just joking. No. <laughs> tell, tell him what? Sorry? He owes me five bucks. Oh, <laughs> Pay Check. up. Pay Check. up, Zach. <laughs> Zach, 
<laughs> who are on an errand here. <laughs> so do you have a particular episode or movie within Science Seal that's your favorite or that stands out to you? Wow. It's been so many. I know. It's hard to choose. <laughs> it's very hard to choose. It's like picking a favorite child. Well, yeah. I mean, um, there's a couple of cues you know, that uh, tickle my cortex, I guess you could say, you know, like... Uh, Go for it. Um, We've already talked about a couple, so... Yeah, um, it's usually the ones that make me cry, you know, I'm terrible. Like, I'm just one big sobbing idiot when I watch the show. <laughs> That's then, okay, because yeah. so am I, and then Jess is the one that mops me up, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a scene where... Um, um, Shane is trying on the wedding dress. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh! I love that scene, and I love those cues. Yeah, and it's again getting back to that thematic thing. I can't remember where it came from, but it was kind of started out as a as a. Well, the whole, I guess the whole show is based off of love in that regard. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's that particular thing with some gamble on bells and uh big heavy strings i'm a sucker for strings man i'm a sucker <laughs> strings can pull your heartstrings yes. <laughs> i was just gonna say something like that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Good minds. laughs> yeah and uh it's pretty funny like uh, uh the lead mixer on the show uh, uh craig feldman and craig uh and he like the, the wonderful thing about working on the on this show we, we mix in the same facility all the time and and uh, and uh the guys like a common thing for composers whenever when they ever go to the mixing stage they at least for me they love to like insult me that's that's part of their fun right you know so, oh, you know and uh for example you know i i remember i did this one show and, and uh i of course i always pull the all-nighter at before I have to deliver. And uh, of course I fell asleep and I had a nasty, nasty cold. So I fell asleep on the couch as they're trying to mix the show. And of course they're, you know, they need quiet in order to do this, but I'm there asleep on the couch snoring and like just, 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 just scratching it out there. And so as I'm asleep, you know, of course they're in a recording studio mix stage. So they bring a couple of microphones out and they record me snoring. <laughs> So what they did is then they put it in their system and they basically cracked, cranked up the entire PA. So it was massive snoring. So I woke myself up snoring and that was that. And uh, since then I use it as a startup sound on my computer. That's me. But anyways, uh, getting back to this, it's like uh, Greg was watching that scene and, you know, this is fairly, uh, fairly, uh, you know, he's, he's, we, we have a great, great kind of, guy guy relationship and we're we're you know buddies and and uh he says yeah i guess that one's okay and i was like <laughs> all the rest sucks though that's what he says all the time oh goodness <laughs> so um but uh you know certainly that one's a lot of fun the fun stuff i always enjoy like you know the uh you know, Norman's pepper thing. I think that uh, that was a lot of fun. Zach's accordion, that's a lot of fun. Uh, I did some kind of uh, Django, Reinhardt kind of jazzy stuff here and there. Um, 
I also use the um, uh, something called the melodica, uh, which is basically it's kind of like a harmonica. Basically, it's a it's a uh, you know of course you'll have to Google the thing that everybody's going to like. But in the main theme that you guys have, that the melody's playing being played by that melodica, and that along with the accordion is featured a lot in Science of Deliver, and, and I, I find that, uh, you know, like getting back to, you know, From Paris With Love, actually, now I think of it, that's probably one of my musically favorite episodes. Um, and uh, Because you composed a song in French that, and you do not know that language, is that correct? Ooh, something like that, right? It was, uh, uh, what was it? I can't, yeah, it was something silly, yeah, so basically, we had this. We had this song that we tried to get, which was uh, this French artist in the '70s, and he would kind of speak things. And you know, my French is terrible, and the song, the song fell fell through, and I had to kind of do the same thing myself. And uh, yeah, I sang this ridiculous French thing. And uh, oh, that's you singing? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Oh my! Wow. You well, you sound great. <laughs> I owe you five bucks now. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. Checks that's, in the mail, right? Yeah, it's in the mail. Um, yeah, so different, you know, um, I remember actually uh, the one um, Treasure Box. Remember Treasure Box? That was a lot. Of, of course we do. Mm-hmm. We love that one. Yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot of fun orchestral stuff in there and, and uh well, and with the back and forth, back and forth, it make the music makes it interesting. It, right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, just like the scene is very much keeping you on your toes, the music cues do it right along with it. So mm-hmm. that was, yeah, that was a really I, great. Ten bucks now. Ten bucks. Okay. Ten bucks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, you know, only three cents American, I think, at this point. Oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> Well, whatever. But, uh, anyways, so was that a fan question or was that just just a general question? I was curious. That was that was a general one from us. Yeah, we do have another fan question. Okay. Yep. Uh, from Mary Beth, and she would like to know: Do you select the copyrighted songs such as "And So It Goes" or "Brand New Key," or is that something you and Martha talk about together? Or who picks those songs? Uh, yeah. Okay. So with with every um, series or show or production, there is a separate uh, music licensing department, and uh, and their person who chooses those songs and clears those songs usually uh, is somebody called a music supervisor. So it's okay. Their, okay. Their job to. Uh, usually find things and then once find things uh, work out the licensing agreements so they can be used into the the films and uh, in the case of uh, a lot of these uh, so ours uh, on our show her name is Valerie Biggin and she's great and um, uh, a lot of the a lot of the songs that work out though uh, they come from Martha herself uh, or those very close to her and um, uh, in the case of, you know, and so it goes, like, come on, man, that, that track, like, that's It's crazy. awesome. Yeah. So, like, I'm obviously a huge Billy Joel fan. Um, you know, that would have been uh, one of those 
pretty young, but uh, I guess, you know, really love his music. Uh, but generally, um, we try to get uh, stuff that's there. Then, you know, Martha and I will kind of give it the once over and we, we kind of decide together which one's happening and which one's kind of going. So uh, I guess, and Martha, of course, has, has the veto power of everything. Um, of course. But we, we generally have a, a fairly decent powwow as, as to what's working, what's not. And a lot of the music actually uh, comes from my library too. Um, I have fairly expensive like pop songs um, and um, stuff that I've done. And in the case of the Mailbox Grill, a lot of the background stuff is me. Uh, and just uh, fortunately you can't hear it, which is great. Uh, but uh, no. no, you can hear it. Yeah, there was, there's, 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 a, there's, there's, uh, I guess that's a wonderful thing about the show is that um, a lot of the, the great accidents, sometimes at the last minute, we're unable to get something clear. It's all it'll come up to me to, to replace that, that song or that, that thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that's where things become challenging and wonderful. Brand new key was a really amazing choice. I love that one. Sure, that that could have been. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that was a Martha thing. I think she came up with that. But I, I, forgive me, Valerie, if if you did. But uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this this question came from me personally. So you could call it my fan question. <laughs> um, I I am a very big fan of the movie. It could happen to you that uh, stars Bridget Fonda and Nicolas Cage. And there are several points in the movie. I'm specifically thinking about the swing, when, uh, the swing scene and uh, a little bit of when she's trying on the wedding dress. There are just themes that seem to pop up that, are, that sound almost identical to well, It Can Happen to You. Did that... You know, I hate to say it, I've never seen that movie, and I'm dead serious when I see Oh, it. my goodness. Well, because I thought for sure when I started hearing it, because I would hear it over and over, I said, oh, my goodness, I bet he worked on that movie no, somehow. I and I looked it up, and no. I was like, no. okay, he's got to have seen it. And <laughs> no, apparently not. So, wow, that's... Yeah, I know. Because... What am I there are several there are several parts that I swear just got picked up and put in and well it's you know I, you know there, there may be sometimes uh, I guess there's only twelve keys man you know <laughs> true <laughs> yeah um, but uh, you know uh, I guess I'm I'm a bit of a sponge to everything I um, everything I listen to and I'm certainly inspired by different scores. Um, you know, different composers, um, especially. Uh, and uh, a lot of the times, uh, like for example, in, in Science Hill Delivered, which is, uh, they have what's, w- uh, we put what's called tent music when they're editing the film. They they actually uh, edit to music. And Science Hill Delivered is usually my, my music. So uh, I have to kind of make my music different and better you know uh and a lot of, a lot of the times uh like for example um uh that temp music tends it, it actually can sometimes live in in the film in the end like for example if you look at it uh, oh. 
like 2001, yeah, prime example, 2001 Space Odyssey, you know, the, you know, uh, that iconic theme. Um, uh, that was originally put in the, on the tent track and the composer who I want to say was Jerry Goldsmith, but I could be incredibly wrong there. Um, he did his own version, new thing of that. And uh, Kubrick's like, nah, let's go with the original, you know? And, uh, and unfortunately that's happened to me because a million times too, as well. It's happened to every composer. Mm-hmm. The other time is, you know, it's like, well, we really like this track and they, what's, they call it, what's called temp love where they get really, really used to a certain sound and, and, you know, that's the way that kind of works. But uh, for me, I, I don't like to listen to that temp track when we spot the film. So I have a, so I have a completely fresh take on things. Um, but excellent question though. You get, uh, I'll give you five bucks back. No. No, right. I get extra brown, yeah. extra right. brownie points. Extra brownie points. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is actually our, our last question. And we always like to ask our guests if you have any social media you want to share or anything that if fans want to follow your work, um, how can they kind of follow that? Well, I'm on Twitter. I believe I'm at James Chandrish and I'm on Instagram, the same kind of thing. Um, Check out Two Hearts in Theaters coming up. You'll cry your eyes out again. Beautiful, beautiful film. Um, and uh, any other films that are project of mine that are SSD friendly, uh, by all means, uh, I'd love to hear from you and, and I'll do my best to, to answer your questions. And uh, I really appreciate you listening to my music. Well, we love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we absolutely do. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, that's all we have for today. Uh, thank you so much, James, for coming on and sharing a little bit of your work with us and, and your method and process. We love, uh, we love hearing about it for sure. All right. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye, Postables. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Deliver Me a Podcast. To stay up to date on all our episodes, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. We also have a merch store where you can buy tons of postable things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week.